1: Hi, this is Caroline East, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight.
0: Welcome to Tobin Tonight, the podcast that the ratings are going through the roof. No, I mean, they're going the other way. They're going down the toilet. (laughs) Listen,
1: it's like... (laughs) Everything is like that right now. Everybody is trying to figure out this new live stream thing, so it's all good.
0: I like when we have ax on, then it's like they don't get the humor right away, and they're like, "Our our ratings going down the toilet." I'm like, I don't know. It's like it's COVID. (laughs) It's like as long as someone's (laughs) listening, like you know, if someone's upstairs, like Brian, I'm tuning in. I'm like, thanks, mom.
1: (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's like we do.
0: So tell me a little bit about to really start things off. Uh, I know that you just did a show with Rachel and Mallory. Uh, How did that go?
1: That show was amazing. So that had been the first time that I had performed live in – I know it's a year and a half, and it could have been two years to be quite honest with you, because I had been before everything shut down with the pandemic. I had been traveling and writing, and a bunch of shows that I had lined up for a couple of months in advance obviously got canceled because of the of the pandemic. So that was it was really really cool. Carla Pilgrim was there as well. I was I, I'm really anxious. I'm an extremely anxious person. If you didn't know that already, and I struggled with being in front of an audience i didn't know how to perform anymore i was scared i was gonna just flop but it ended up being a, a wicked a wicked experience and the girls are all deadly they're so great <laughs>
0: i like that that's a very that's a very newfoundland term there's going to be people like <laughs> you should be my deadly are like, they like are they yeah. like what happened it's like no i mean it's like they were great it was awesome <laughs> <That's right>. um, <laughs> i need a little
1: so i need like subtitles in the bottom.
0: oh no like that's the worst thing you could do we've actually so it's full disclosure we actually tried to put up an episode with subtitles and my mom was listening to it and she's like that is not even what you said and the subtitle is telling it's like Uh. saying something completely different and i was like great (laughs) no subtitles if someone wants to know it it
1: is
0: (laughs) yeah it's like i i have to go into like whoever creates the subtitles like listen i think I think you got the English language part down, but now you have to go to Newfoundland and then put in Newfoundland subtitles. So you That's get so that true. part down. And, <laughs> so then the, and then they come to Newfoundland. They're like, I, "I, they don't pay me enough for this. I'm like, fair enough.
1: <laughs> My manager came down from, uh, from Toronto uh, last March, right before the pandemic. And a lot of times he'd be sitting at the table and he'd be like, "Hmm." sure yeah, yeah. i had no idea what people were saying at all yeah. <laughs> he'd whisper to me he'd go yeah. what, what did they just say
0: like, oh, don't, yeah. just, don't like ex- explain explain, explain <laughs> to me my my favorite ones that i do when so like i came home from newfoundland because of the covid but yeah. i'm usually up away in ottawa and you know when you're playing soccer or ball hockey with your buddies i i just assumed that it was a normal thing so we got girls on our team and I'll be saying like, boys come back and play defense. And then you get one that turns around like, you know, there's girls on this team too. I'm like, it's collective. It's everybody as in the end of everybody, you know, the B Y (laughs) part. Yeah. Use that. Or if you're in soccer and someone is lost on the field and you're like, stay where you're at till I come where you're too," they're like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm just going to stay here. And I'm like, Exactly.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you got it.
0: But I thought it was really interesting because we've had Rachel and Mallory on for like the whole ECMA special. But yeah, I showcase. watched. Tune in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. sure. Like you, you were more entertained by the guests and the host. The host was always like, I don't know no, why you're course. all here. No.
1: <laughs> no, of course not. You were very entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like doing that show, and you said, I think you said it was about a year or two years since you mm-hmm. were performing. Like, did you have? Jitters? Were you nervous? Were you, again, they are people that you know, so I, I guess it's a little bit more comforting, but I feel like any time, whether it's like 20 of your buddies on stage or just you alone, after a long kind of layoff, you got to be like, okay, do I have this? Am I comfortable? What are yeah. we doing?
1: <laughs> I mean, for me, it wasn't so much about being on stage with those people because we've been doing a lot of shows over Facebook and Instagram now for, yeah. for over a year. For me, it was more so... I was really anxious when the when the pandemic started. I shut down for about two or three months, and I couldn't write. I couldn't perform. I was just, you know, watching TV, scared to death all day long. So for me, being in front of an audience for the first time in so long, I was really fixated on, oh my God, there's literally people in the audience right now. Are they too close to me? Am I like, am I going to get all panicky and just, like? There was all these weird thoughts yeah. that were going through my head beforehand, and. I guess it took me about a song or two. No, definitely the first song, to kind of like ease my nerves. But it was very, it was very humbling because I'm I was back to like that first gig I ever played is what it felt like. And, uh, I mean, the audience was incredible. They were understanding and my humor is always self-deprecating. So that was easy for me that day, but it was, it was cool. It was a good experience, but it was weird though. I have to say so weird.
0: I I feel like, I feel like before you come on stage, if like, if you wanted to make it the big dramatic moment where it's like, okay, it's like, she, you know, who's coming on the stage next. It's like, okay, (laughs) so what she wants you to do is everyone take out your mask, put on your gloves, get your whole suit on. They're like, Really? oh yeah you yeah, know yeah. the room. that's what i i <laughs> love to do that in a comedy sketch
1: <laughs> i came out with my i was the only one on the stage i walked out with my mask on and i had my hand sanitizer in one hand and my water in the other hand and i came out and i sprayed my microphone and sprayed the person like mallory's microphone and it was very weird so weird i felt like such a weirdo but it was okay everybody understands my weirdness it's not yeah. it's not like i wouldn't say i would be taking over a room where but i would but if I could get everyone to wear their masks, I would have been like, yeah, guys, you want to pop them on for me?
0: Yeah, you but, yeah. yeah, I would have and I could have. It's like, it's like you paid to see me. So now yeah. I tell you what to do. And then it's just like, OK, it's like weird, weird flex. But all right. I did, well, I, I'd be like
1: real weird about it. I'd be like, guys, yeah. would you mind? Like, I, I don't want to trouble you, but yeah. would you mind like popping your mask on? Yeah.
0: for?" I feel like I feel like the the it's a very interesting kind of dynamic to do that. Cause imagine going to like, you know, when the Anna sisters do like their Christmas concert and everyone's yeah. like, Oh, it's great. It's a wonderful time of year. And then Maureen or Teresa or Karen gets on and be like, I know you guys are all here to see us, but um do you mind just putting on your mask? And they're like, Oh, the ball's on them. We're going to put on our masks. And then you get Cecilia, like the mother in the eye. It's like, you do what my daughters tell you. And you're like, all right.
1: I think like, you know, the weird, the way that shows are, framed now I think a lot of people are more open to you know the safety and they want to be safe too so yeah even you know last year I, I think Christmas time I did a Christmas show from Canadian Navy so did the Ennis sisters and a slew of other artists and it was weird because there was no audience so you know you're you're playing to basically an empty room minus the crew it's so strange it's so strange but then at the, the flip side of that you finally get in front of an audience and it's still so strange because oh my god we're in front of an audience again and it's trying to figure out the dichotomy of how how to make things work and how to make sure the audience is comfortable and we're comfortable and well i'll tell you but it was a really good show and i can't wait to do it again
0: (laughs) now i i noticed on instagram which i think is really interesting because this is how we end up getting a lot of acts on this podcast and it's weird. Cause I think if we did this podcast in like the nineties to early two thousands, it'd be, you wouldn't do this at all. But with Instagram, they have sponsorships. You see yeah. videos. And you're like, oh, I like that song. And when I came across monsters and it's kind of, I guess, like, I don't know if you ever watched like how I met your mother, where it's like Barney gives the whole backhanded compliment. So I yeah, feel like it's going to be like a backhanded compliment, but it's like, I look at the video. I like the illustrations. I'm like, man, like, don't even bother putting out a music video. This is the music video itself. Like I don't even (laughs) want to hear. It's like, uh, Hey guys, I'm actually going to release a music video. I'm like, no, it's done. There it is. (laughs) Um, But I like how, if you don't know, just say that if you're from Newfoundland or whatever, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't sound Newfoundland. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. We have great artists here, but to someone that's maybe in Calgary or in the States and they come across this, they'd be like, all right, interesting. I'll listen because sometimes yeah. all it takes is you to realize that an act is from so and so, and you're like, "All right, yeah, yeah. that's marginalized." Like, <laughs> you know, if I found out tomorrow, which is funny because we we've had a band on called The Trebles, and from what I was band? like, "I was like, yeah, I was like, great," but I thought they were originally from like the U.S. until I did research, and it didn't really bum me out so much. I was more excited, <laughs> but I yeah. know there will be people like, "Oh wait, they're a Canadian band." Oh, Canadian band. It's like, no great canadian band so how how do you feel when i guess when people come across that because i know monsters was the latest one that i've seen but how has that feedback been for that video and that song
1: so I think, I mean, it's been amazing. That one's probably been, um, I've got messages from all over Canada, all over the world, really, about people thinking, you know, that song was written for them. So they've all, everybody's <laughs> gone through some sort of a situation where they've been the monster in somebody's story. So it's cool, like, you know, and again, I've got messages from Australia, Germany, all oh, over wow. the States. Yeah, it's been crazy, like, you know. So it's, it's, good. it's good to know that my music is resonating all over the place. But I will also say that, I think that's the new normal with all the musicians, you know, in Newfoundland and Canada, there's this new level of where you need to be. And you can now reach that level just from your home computer with all the crazy programs that, you know, that are available. And, you know, there's songwriting, co-writing going on over. um, I could co-write with somebody in Nashville tomorrow, just from my home, which is cool. I wanted to have that kind of like a big production, that big kind of sound on all the records and all the songs that I've written. So, I'm glad to hear that you agree <laughs> and that it yeah. sounds like it could be otherworldly. So I, I do appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, yeah. When I, cause sometimes when you come across these musics and I, I like it in the term of, like you said, you can do it from home. Like yeah. my, I, I, I feel like it's a good example. And hopefully if she does listen to these episodes, she doesn't take it the wrong way, but it's like <laughs> the invention of like TikTok. like I'm not big on TikTok, but like I get where it's trendy. I get how it comes. Like yeah. I look at it and I think, Robin Adelini for F-150. TikTok helped it. Like, obviously, she has all the talent Mm -hmm. in the world, but it's like that became trendy on TikTok. Now, if you tried that same artist in, like, the 2000s and you don't have these apps, like, you might get famous or you might get your talent, like, you might get noticed, but it would be really, really hard.
1: So the problem with that whole thing is that everybody in the world right now has an attention span of about maybe 20 seconds so true i know were you saying something what What? but it's true like about 20 seconds and that's why tiktok is such a valuable i haven't mastered it but it's such a valuable tool and a lot of big names have come from tiktok and it's just because they show the hook of their song 30 seconds or 15 seconds and then people are going in and digging in to see who they are i'm old I'm really old. I'm too old for TikTok, to be honest with you. And trying to figure it out is like trying to learn how to walk again, you know? So yeah. it makes it our job a little bit harder because we've got to be more, you know, kind of in your face in a different type of way. And um, for me, it's like those that cool video. I thought the idea was really sweet. I thought that little monster was adorable. And, yeah, so it definitely caught people's attention. And the funny part of that song is it was the first song that I'd ever written and recorded with Rob Wells and Shoba in Toronto. I recorded that. Whole vocal in uh, in a little tiny closet in the the bottom of his house in the in the bottom of his house in the basement <laughs> of his house it was a little tiny yeah. like maybe the size of a like a coat closet in your you know in your front porch and the sound that he got out of that was crazy and it was that's like a two or three hundred dollar right. microphone so yeah. that's the other thing like you can create these big huge songs for you know basically in the terms of like what well, you have to pay for gear, nothing, you know, two, 300 bucks is, is not that much when you think about productions that are, you know, 30, 40, $50,000. So yeah, it's pretty That's, cool.
0: I like, I like that. Your answer. It's like, it's like putting you in the bottom of the house. It's like, Oh, you mean your basement? No, no, no. no, no. You're no, going no, further no. down. Than that It's like you wait, you got it further down <laughs> in your basement. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Like, <laughs> Under the basement, you, under the, under the house completely. You're like, I don't understand. I thought we were writing (laughs) here today. We are. You just need to record your vocals.
1: (laughs) Down in the bottom of the house.
0: (laughs) I look at it in the standpoint of when you do see, you know, the Warner music or, you know, Sony music, and then people are like, oh, I need to get signed by them. And it's like, yeah, that's still, you know, beneficial. But you do see a lot of acts that, again, just put in the money on Instagram or YouTube or wherever. And as soon as someone comes across it, that's how you're getting your interest. And to go by what you're saying, 20 seconds, like I look at it and there's time I'll watch stuff on YouTube and then when an ad comes up and it's like, you can't skip this ad. I'm like, no, 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 it's just like
1: I'm, I don't watch I'm this video like, anymore. Oh my God,
0: can I skip hmm. this ad? And then there's other times that's very rare, but it's like, you'll click on the music video you want to see. And the ad is that music video. And you're like, For some strange reason, rather than watch that whole ad, you're like, skip it. I want to watch it at my own time. I want to be able to control it. That's
1: right. No, I I do the same thing. It's often like, you know, more so on Facebook videos where I could be watching something and all of a sudden the commercial breaks in at like, I don't know, a minute or two in. I'm like, all right, check this. Even though the the commercial might be five seconds, again, I'm not interested. Yeah. And then on your line.
0: It's like like the twenty second. Like it's like Instagram for me. It's you scroll, 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 and you come across things that you like. And it's beneficial to I it's really beneficial to the entertainment side of things. Like your comedians, your music. Because if it if you get it and it hooks with you, you're gonna stay. Like I love to think, even though I'm dead wrong, that when sometimes I stumble across music on Instagram, I'm like, did you hear about this act? It's like, you can become like a hipster where it's like, oh, you never heard of them?
1: It's like, oh, I knew about them what world they were are cool. you
2: living in?
0: So, yeah, like I've stumbled across, I think it was like uh, the girl's name is Griff from like the UK because it was like Black Hole. There's uh, a band from Canada that it's very timely. They put it out because it was like the Friends reunion. And I think there's a song, it's like, like 1999. And they reference friends oh. in that. And I was like, Oh, you guys are so good at marketing. It's like, who, who's your <laughs> label? It's like, Oh, right. you don't have a label. <laughs> so yeah, it's, a just, it's, it's just timely. And if they get you, they know they, they got you. And yeah. yeah, that's, I think that's how it came across with your video. Cause it came across timeline. I was like, I think more, I'm like, you said it's a lot of visual. So it's like uh, people like the video aspect. And mm-hmm. when I seen the video, I was like, Oh I'm entertained. Why is this lady running? And I was like, yeah. oh okay. And then I'm like listening and then after I'm like oh, you should be listening <laughs> to the music. I'm like oh man, I just as a podcaster me I'm like man, I like the illustrations. I like the drawing. But then when I went back and I listened to the song, I was like, oh man, this is all, this is all dope. <laughs> I think it reminded me of Monsters, Inc. So I don't know if that's an insult to you or not. I was like, I was like, yeah, it was like the monster. It, it's like the colors, I guess. And the dynamic, I was like, man, this reminds me of Monsters, Inc., but I love Monsters, Inc. So it's, a, I, th- I feel like take it as a compliment. <laughs>
1: I'll take it as a compliment. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah.
0: But tell me, how did you get into music? Cause I know we talked a little bit about, the song monsters but take me way back to when you first said oh i can do this as a career or yeah i'm actually pretty good at this
1: i um, was a cover artist i didn't start singing until i was 16 and i was in a school play and in order to have the lead role i had to sing this like this section a couple of times so yes. i was like okay shag it i'll do it after the play my music teacher Uh, Her name was Heather McDonald. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. She wanted us to put myself and a couple of of my classmates. She wanted us to put together a band for St. Patrick's Day. Where I'm from, uh, we have this big auction every St. Patrick's Day at the school to raise money. And they wanted me to, to put a band together for that. So that was called Ocean Sky. And that was when I was introduced to George Street. So I started playing on George Street at 16, going on 17 years old we would have to get a waiver signed and our parents have to give us a letter. And we we needed a chaperone and between sets, we'd have to hide out somewhere where we weren't in the bar. So we like, I've been in broom closets. I've been in like laundry rooms, really some gross places just so we could play in these bars. Right. So I played downtown and George street in cover bands then from 16 until about 33. And I mean, I was playing like five, six nights a week. But I found at the last, you know, the the end of my cover band career, and I made great money at it. It was, it was wonderful. And I went to school and did all those things you're supposed to do. And I found at the end of it with uh, with the gigs, I would be watching the televisions up that were hanging from the wall in the bars. I'd be watching like the football game or I'd get them to put friends on or something so I could read the subtitles while I was performing. And I knew at that point that uh, oh, you're not really fulfilled anymore, Carolyn. Like it's time. It's time to figure something out. I shortly shortly after, well, I was still doing the cover thing, but I I was hired with Music and L here in Saint John's, and we did the Music and L Awards. And it was at that point out in Bonavista that I met Rob Wells, who was a producer of, of all the, the songs that I released over the last few years. And he invited me to come to Toronto. And it was at that moment I kind of flipped my my vision of how my music career was going to look around. And I thought, yeah. well okay, maybe I can do this on my own. Maybe I can be a singer songwriter. And yeah, I left the cover scene behind and I went on to Toronto and I've lived up there for eight or 10 months. And then the pandemic started, I had to come back and it's all been pretty cool. And uh, this is my, this is my main gig now. I'm, you know, a full time professional musician and I'm lucky, I make a living. That's the rest is history. See what happens in the future.
0: <laughs> Do you find at times that cause when you mentioned, of course, doing the cover acts and next bit you're kind of I guess not that it's not interesting, but it's like, okay, I've done what I can with this. So when you were yeah. doing solo and now I, I've got written down here, but it's like you had an ECMA Indigenous Artist of the Year, yep. you had a music now, Country Artist of the Year, like Does that kind of justify, like, okay, yes, I've made the right career choice? Or, like, it just puts something in your hat that says, okay, we're doing well. Like, this isn't, I didn't bomb. I'm doing okay. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, for me, the main thing is that. I'm able to, to do this for a living. So I'm able to make a, an honest living and pay my bills and do the things that I want to do in my life. So by being a musician, so that to me is a win all the, the award nominations and the awards that I've won. It's icing on the cake. It's pretty cool actually to be nominated. I've been nominated for a lot of awards and I've, I've won three, but it's really cool to be nominated and to, and to win, of course, because you feel like, like you said, like, okay, I am doing the right thing. What I decided, you know, the type of, the type of music I decided I was going to do is the right type of music. People are interested in what I have to say or what I have to sing about. And it just kind of keeps you going. It's also really cool too, to see my peers like Mallory Johnson, Justin Fancy. I mean, there's a million, Chris Ryan, there's a million of them here and everybody is succeeding. And it's also really cool to see that we're all each other's competition. There's no way around it. You know, there's the country. It's only a small, small town. And we are. We're all each other's competition. But at the same time, we're all in each other's bands. We're all rooting for one another. We do what we can to get, you know, the other ahead. And it's pretty cool. I'm I'm, I couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing.
0: So there's one quote that I think it's like Rachel's mom, uh, Hilda, mentioned to Rachel. And I love just kind of teasing with her because just to watch (laughs) her face go like, you know, that basically yeah. to match her hair color where it's like you know, like don't don't like you know don't burn out someone else's candle just to make yours shine brighter and That's I was right. like oh I do it all the time it's like I don't care and it's like just a joke at her and then like just to yeah. watch her face go from like so, like oh why why do you even why did you go there I'm like you get what I'm going at it's like I'm just trying to roll you up but yeah I, I do like what you said because yes there is an aspect of you're from Newfoundland like you're all yeah. trying to make it and so yep. there's got to be a sense of uh, competition connection. for sure.
1: Yeah. Like there's
0: competition and there's connections. Yeah. Like let's put it this way: if you don't have connections, you're not getting places. You got the yeah. right connections, you got you're going places. But yeah. I like the fact that you did say that it is competition in a sense. That sure. it's healthy. It's not like you're like, yeah. oh, you you're performing the same night I am. I hope nothing no. happens to your car on the way there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but it, it's it's healthy. But I like that example that you mentioned. Of course, you're all in each yeah. other's fans and rooting for each other. But I have to ask because I did mention this in the ECMA special, and I was kind mm-hmm. of interested that they all either dodged it. And I was like, I'm not going to pressure you too much on. It, but like, yeah. when you all are up for the same award and just say one of you wins it two or three years in a row, uh, or is there a part of you that's like, oh, like what do I have to do to kind of? Take that, like not take their spotlight, but just like, how do I go to that next level so that I get that recognition as well?
1: See, I can't really answer that because I won won the award (laughs) that everybody wanted here in Newfoundland two two years in a row. (laughs) I, I don't know. I, I felt, did you, I feel your, bad? Your answer no. is
0: basically, your answer is basically, <laughs> just be me. No, no,
1: <laughs> no well, not really. Um, but you know what? Me and Mallory are for the, uh, the country artist of the year for the ECMAs two years ago, th- three years ago. And she ended up winning that award. And honestly, If I wasn't going to win the award, there is not one single person in the world I would rather win it than Mallory Johnson. And we celebrated and we had the greatest night. And this year, Justin fancy won the music and L uh, country award. Like I'm stoked for him. I think it's great, but there are all these contests that go on throughout the year. Right. So I'm in the serious XM top of the country. There's stuff for boots and hearts. And then there's like a million things that go on. So I got this, the serious XM gig this year. Mallory's got the boots and hearts gig where she's competing to, to get like this really deadly showcase in, uh, in yeah. Toronto at that big at that big festival they do and then Justin got a bunch of things too but like it's so funny it's just human nature because when they get it then you, well, I get a no right so I apply for the Boots and Hearts things but I got a no I got that generic oh you know we love you but we're sorry oh and then, I
0: get those all the time
1: oh it's brutal <laughs> and then Justin's the same thing so he got a bunch of stuff and then I got the no's and Mallory got the no's so it's hard it's hard to hear no all the time and yeah. it's it's easy to focus on the ne- – that's, again, human nature. It's easy to focus on the negativity and the no's and rather than celebrate that big yes, like I'm in the Sirius XM top of the country. I've been doing this for a year, and I could win $25,000 and a million things in Nashville. But I'm like, oh, man, I got to no know again today. So yeah. it's just – it's so funny how your mind works.
0: I think it's interesting. Like I, I really think that's a really good point that you made because yeah. it's like – you know, before doing this podcast, my background is media. So like applying yeah. for Rogers, Bell, Chorus, you name it. And it's like, yeah. I, I think it's like a quote from friends where it's kind of misinterpreted, but it's like, you're going to go mm-hmm. on like a hundred, you're going to apply for a hundred jobs before you get your, before you get so a job. Sure. And it's supposed to be you're, you get like before you find your dream job. But mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I've applied for like 200, 250. <laughs>
1: Great. 20, where's my,
0: where's my dream job? But when you get the yes or when you get like, yeah, like let's do this interview, blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, great. But the no always kind of outweighs that in a sense. Yeah,
1: it does. It really does. I mean, I got a no yesterday or the day before (laughs) from this thing that I really like it was a festival that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And I was so bummed about it because it was like, it was perfect and it would have been a great time. Me being a dummy, I respond. I like reply to my manager. I just thought he forwarded it to me. I didn't think he included the festival's, yeah. email address and i was like oh another note to add to the pile thumbs up in, the, in yeah. the email and then i looked at it and i went oh my god yeah. i just sent that to the entire the <laughs> entire roster from this particular festival yeah i was like oh god damn it that's terrible you know what i mean like i look like such a sour grape type oh, the worst but yeah, yeah. anyway everybody laughed and laughed so it's all good but man it was just <laughs> like I went from so sad to like dread going, oh my God, I yeah. sent it to everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to, to me, I've actually done that, but I haven't, uh, like if you get one from Bell and Rogers, that's and been like your 50th one, or I, I've actually yeah. like, probably contacted like CBC's president, <laughs> Bell's president. And like, there's a part of you that your friends are like, what are you doing? Like you're making it worse. And, but there's also <laughs> a part of me that's like, no, like I want to know, like, why is it now the 50th one? And I, yeah. I feel like there's a way of that to basically, it, maybe it's not, maybe wording it better would be great. But at the same point, it's like, you're just trying to show them like, I'm not saying no. And I'm happy you gave me a no. I'm showing you I'm passionate of being you like, want to learn. yeah. Like, like, It'll why? Be like, tell me, tell me how I can get yeah. to the next step and telling like, it's not like you're saying like, fuck off. Like, tell me, like, no. why didn't you, you're just basically like, okay, so you gave me a no for the third straight year for this job. So what exactly did I not do? What haven't I gone or yeah. need to get to get there. And some people be like, how dare you do that to a president? I'm like, no, how dare I show them that I was passionate enough to yeah. be like, this this is not cool with me anymore. Like, tell me what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> I agree with you hundred percent. I feel um, anytime that we apply, I say we, cause I, I always use Caroline East as like the collective yeah. team. Yeah. people. But when, when, you know, you're applying for grants or you're applying for whatever, things are to apply for when you inevitably get that. No, I'm always like, well, okay, cool. Can you please tell me what the jury said and what I need to work on or what they think I need to work on? So yeah. it's like a moment of learning, but it's also like, it's frustrating because I don't know. I had this one gig that I, or uh, one grant that was pretty substantial and I lost the grant by 0. 0.4 of a, like, 0. 4 of a yeah. point. And it was, it just came right down to like personal preference of, you know, this one particular, this one particular jury member. And that stuff is hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. But I'm like you, I'd rather know, like, tell me what I'm shagging up and I'll fix it, you know, because I'm going to keep applying until I get it. (laughs) And you might as well just tell me what I need to do so we can just get this out of the way kind of deal. That's how I feel. Yeah. as you do. No, I do. I
0: do want to give you <laughs> yeah. like a bit of a, a, a kind of a compliment here because it's like, you mm-hmm. know, for an industry like music, entertainment, mm-hmm. even like podcasting, there has to be and I think a lot of people deserve credit in that and they probably don't get it outright because of people oh, are like, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to baby you with that. Like, why would I? But it's like getting a lot of no's. Like you have to learn mm-hmm. to take the no and it's either it's like, ch- like, you know, either accept it and do something or like how are you going to handle it? Like I like in your mm-hmm. case, you're kind of like, okay, how do I get better? And like, yes, yeah. you do get the yeses. So it's like maybe at one point they were no's and now they're yeses. So you're like, okay, we're breaking down walls. We're getting there. Yeah.
1: But there's still so I'm many fine. no's though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the no's still affect me. Like I still, and I'm sure they do you as well. I, there's times oh, yeah. where I'm just, man, I'll get a no. And I'm like, Oh God, like what, why there's no logical. Yeah. And maybe there is a logical reason, but I don't see it. And it's just like, I get so hurt by them. Sometimes there's times I just like sit down and just be a big baby and cry, cry for five or 10 minutes. And then you go, okay, got to move on. I got to try something else. Cause there's not, there's no point of wasting my time with that.
0: It's a really good point because there's a lot of people that you see an overnight success, like, and you think it's overnight success, I should no, it's say not. where like an artist comes out of nowhere. And like, for me, I'm a nineties kid. So growing up I didn't really get to know how the Backstreet Boys became famous or NSYNC. Mm-hmm. They were just on my TV. But then, like, you get your Bruno Mars, your Halsey's, Rihanna's, and you're like, yeah. man, you you came out of nowhere. But then when you go into their backstory and you really dig, it's like, no, they didn't. Like, they, the, rep, they were at small pubs, too, and they were just yeah. got a break. And you're like... But one minute I didn't know you and now I know you. But it's like, go talk to them. They'll tell you. <laughs>
1: it's true. It's so funny though. A lot of it now, like there's there's different the world is different now. With TikTok and Instagram. What are you? It's Instagram reels. Like it's it's crazy. There's people who, you know, they're fourteen or fifteen years old and they've got a cool hook on their phone and then and they they sing it like with while well, they're hitting their hit their hands on the table, and then all of a sudden they've gone viral and then they've got a record deal. And you're like, what? Are you kidding?
2: Yeah.
1: Are you kidding right now? I've been doing this for 30 years and this kid, whatever. I'm not bitter. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. all fine. It's I'm, all, I'm fine. fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I want to get into a little bit of, if you don't mind, the indigenous yep. side of things because sure. I, I like when, and it could be a different standpoint for you, but by the time your episode is aired, we've had Carrie Enerson on, which is like a Canadian curler. Mm-hmm. And she had recently come out and said, that she found out that she was indigenous and she gets sponsored Mm by, um, I think it's like from Winnipeg or Manitoba. So there's like an indigenous sponsorship she has, but she's learning more about that. Like, have you always known, was this something that was recent?
1: No, I haven't always known, you know, this is always, um, I need to tread lightly with this, but, um, (laughs) because it's a very sensitive subject to a lot of people. And rightfully so. Back when my grandmother was younger, and she's no longer with us, she died at ninety three, and that was five years ago. So we're looking at like a very long time ago in Newfoundland and Labrador, and especially where I'm from and where my you know my father and my grandmother are from, it was kind of a secret if you had Indigenous relatives or you know if if that was a part of your culture then that was it was always kept a secret i'm not going to speak as to why my grandmother may or may not have kept it a secret because i don't know and she passed away without really even telling us anything about about her side Uh, to me specifically i don't want to speak to the rest of my family but for me yeah i never ever had a conversation with my grandmother about it but my my aunts on my father's side they somehow uh, figured out that we had roots with the Mi'kmaq down in St. George's and which is down uh, central or sorry, it's in Western and in Corner area. They went, they took, I feel like it was years and went down through the family tree and they found, they found out a lot of information about our background and that we were, you know, there's a museum out there for the indigenous culture in St. George's. And my my grandfather was heavily involved in, my great grandfather, story was heavily involved in the community there. And he was indigenous. And I've had aunt, great aunts and great great aunts and great uncles and you name it, who are very prevalent people in the St. George's area. So we went through the family tree and figured it all out. That was about 10 years ago. So you can imagine my surprise when this little blonde haired blue eyed girl figured out that I had roots in the indigenous culture here in Newfoundland and Labrador because it just didn't make sense to me, right? Like, I had blonde hair, blue eyes. My but my brother had dark hair. My father, he looks like he could be indigenous, and and it was just but we didn't really think about it, right? And the more we dug into it, the more my aunts and and my father went through the family tree, the more we found, and it was it was really cool. And I thought I've always thought of it as a beautiful gift because the the culture of the indigenous people here in Newfoundland, Labrador, and all across Canada, and all across the United States, all across the world is so beautiful. It's all very spiritual. It's very moving. A lot of the the ceremonies that they do is very, very moving. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. So I just really dug in and, and tried to learn as much as I could and... Try to make some changes in Newfoundland and Labrador because there's a lot of people here like me. There's a lot of people in Newfoundland and Labrador who have blonde hair and blue eyes and may or may not know that they have roots with the indigenous culture here, and they may be scared to say so because there's sometimes there's a lot of scrutiny when you uh, when you look like me and you you try to celebrate your culture. And I've yeah. I felt I felt that scrutiny here in Newfoundland and Labrador um, and you know through Canada. There's there's no two ways about it, but I feel like that's just. Lack of knowledge and understanding. So I've made it my, I don't know if this sounds like I'm trying to be something that I'm not, but I did, I made it my, kind of like my goal to, you know, really grasp the the culture, learn what I can, learn from the people that I can all across the province. I'm working with the, the Aboriginal Family Center in Goose Bay, Labrador. Uh, we've got an Orange Ribbon campaign that I've just started. I want to raise money for them. They're in a $500,000 deficit. You know, they do breakfast clubs for the kids out there, for the Indigenous kids. And they have family supports. And they, they have the stuff that they do is unbelievable for the community. And I just want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate how beautiful the culture could be. And I also, I also want to make sure that people are aware of the hardships that the Indigenous people threw out, you know, New labrador in the world have gone through and more particularly you know recently that you know the the unbelievable news of the residential schools and the little bodies that have been found and that's that's my goal is to to keep raising awareness
0: now i, I don't want to make it like again too controversial no. but i feel like at no, the same point like it's it's like no one's here telling me like brian don't even say that because this is the benefit of having your own podcast um, but <laughs> it's like when you are mentioning a, a course like again okay, i think you said like blonde hair, blue eyes. Like how would, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's a very kind of stereotypical thing to say, but it's like when you think indigenous, you think Mm -hmm. like, you know, the certain type of music, the certain type of uh, clothing. And and it's kind of interesting to me, like, it's, I guess it's kind of like a catch 22 depending on who you ask or, you know, their relationship with it. But Mm -hmm. when I see someone like yourself, like a Carrie Enerson, where you're like, kind of looking at the person you're like, not to be hmm. mean or outright being like dismissive, no, but no. you're like, you're, you're like, you're indigenous. Okay. Like, that's interesting. Like, and I feel like there's a part of you that's like, okay, you're getting rid of that stereotype in a sense. And like, when you see someone like yourself in music, when you mm-hmm. see like her and curling and it just become more normalized, it's a little bit like, it's the same, I guess. And I hope people don't take it the wrong way. But like, when you see, I guess, like a black CEO or a black person working in an office, like at one point that was like, oh my God, how can they do that? Like there was people that's like, no, but now it's almost like if someone came to me today and like, this is your new boss and they're black, it's or whatever. You're like, all right, cool. But there was a point in time where people are like, how, how did this happen? It's like, who cares? Yeah.
1: no, I know, and it's it's the thing. Like it's it's sad that we're still struggling with that here, um, and especially in Newfoundland Labrador because our culture is so diverse. And yeah. you know, the reason I have blonde hair and blue eyes is because you know the European settlers came over and they you know started families with the the indigenous people that uh, that lived here in, in on the land before, long before us. I always want to be so careful with this because I—the last thing I'd ever want to do is—is is disrespect or, or upset anybody. But Get I think that the culture, canceled. yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, the culture is so beautiful and it's so filled with traditions and and whatnot that it's a sacred thing. And I respect that so much. And I don't—I understand that how you know they could, you know, people could worry that someone like myself is
0: representing them, or like,
1: yeah. But I think yeah. I think that it's a beautiful thing in a sense as well because it really. It really lets Canada and especially Newfoundland and Labrador know that there are there are lots of people like me and I'm, I'm here only to do good. I, again, I find it such a privilege and it's such an, an honor to be a part of the indigenous culture. And I just want to learn. I, yeah. I don't know. I barely know anything about the culture. I'm learning the language. It's a very hard language, but it's also very beautiful. And I'm trying my best. And I just, you know, I want to, I want to make sure at the end of the day, I want to be a role model for my niece and nephew. I want them to be, I want them to know what their culture includes. And I just want, I think it's a beautiful thing that we, we all need to work together in that sense. And unfortunately, sometimes there's a lot of roadblocks, but I'm, I'm more than willing to, to figure it out and you know get rid of the roadblocks for sure. My goal is that you know we really here. I'm just going to speak on behalf of Newfoundland and Labrador. I just really wish that we really dig in and let people in the, every community be a part of or in learning what the culture consists of. I think now more than ever it's so important to give Indigenous people the platform to to teach because they've you know there's just been so much hardship and. It's 2021. It's time now for us all to work together. I think we can all work together as a human race, but we can still respect and and celebrate each individual culture, whether it's somebody yeah. who's indigenous or somebody who has a disability or somebody who's from Nigeria. We have all these people here in St. John's and all over Newfoundland. I think we should all I really and this is my goal and it sounds like ridiculous to say sometimes, but my goal is that we all just learn to celebrate people and accept people for who they are and who they say they are and just figure it out. I think there's so much negativity in the world on a regular basis anyway, with, you know, just the economy or whatever. Why not just take this one positive thing, which is diversity and let us all learn from it and love each other no matter what. That's how I feel it's quite a journey and I don't regret anything. And I've been really lucky. I've, I've traveled uh, to Winnipeg three times. I went to the In- indigenous music awards and um, I was nominated for four awards there. And it was probably some of the best memories.
0: You get a yeses at that award. Like I got all
1: was at those awards. <laughs> I did. I didn't get a yes, <laughs> but I did have a lady come up to me who was, she was an elder and she looked at me and you know, we were, Um, in this big, it was a big powwow type thing. It was beautiful. I was just watching and I was like, honestly, I was like a kid on Christmas morning, just eyes wide open, doe-eyed, just looking at this amazing, like there were so many colors and sparkles and so many sounds. And it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But this elder came up to me and she was probably, I'm going to say eighties, mid, mid to, mid to late eighties. And she said, all she said to me was, you don't belong here and walked away from me. And I was gutted. I was so gutted i was like oh man what does she mean and i just remember i started to cry and just try to really go to my allergies like i'm fine but then yeah. it just turned into this like big sob session and i just i could barely catch my breath and a gentleman who had invited me to this event he came up and he said my goodness are you okay like what's going on and he he gave me a hug and i just cried and i cried and i cried so dramatic again i'm just the most dramatic person <laughs> you've ever talked to no, and finally, I when feel
0: I feel like I, I feel like that's va- that's a valid reason <laughs> to get dramatic at that. Show.
1: <laughs> I just yes, I don't know, but anyway, I I just you know I was crying, and when I could finally compose myself, I said to him, you know, this is what had happened, and this is what she had said to me, and I was like, you know, I for like for the first half hour I was here, you know, I felt like I belonged, I felt like I felt so welcomed, and then it was like this, you yeah. know, punch in the stomach where I was like, oh my god, not here too, like don't do this to but me. It,
0: And that's it. Like, I feel like it's on like both sides. I'm going to change topics there, obviously, but like, you know, as much as with anything, it's just not indigenous with anything in life. It's almost like I'll use disability for the example, but it's like if I'm going into a meeting full of disability and you feel wanted and valued and you're like, I'm here because I want to learn more about you and you're the ones that are coming out. Just say if it was people at disability coming out in the media, going like, no one cares about us. No one's, paying attention you're like well i am i'm actually here but then you have someone in the room say no you don't belong here then it's almost like well what do you want me to do i'm here to try to help and you're basically yeah. telling me to get out so it's it I... comes on two two different sides
1: sure in my situation yeah. i understand it i totally get it this is a very sacred event this is a very like you know i understand where she was coming from yeah. and, and maybe yeah. maybe she's had i don't know i can't speak for her but i do understand where she's coming yeah. from
0: everyone can relate to that where it's like, yeah. maybe you're not the best basketball player or hockey player and you win a championship and you're in the room <laughs> yeah. and it all it takes is that little like asshole or bully that was on the team that <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, what did you contribute to the team? And it's like one minute you're at the halal yeah. time high, You're like, we just won, uh, I guess this, like say the Southern shore cup or the Calder cup or whatever. Yeah. And then all it takes is that common to be like, oh, way to go. Yeah. Way to drain me. You're right. I didn't yeah. do anything, but I felt a part of the team. Until you just made that comment to me. So I feel like it's relatable in any way.
1: Yeah, and again, I'll finish this whole thing with saying like my my goal, especially here in Newfoundland and Labrador, there's crows all around my house. It's freaking me out. But there must there must be a nest nearby. <laughs> my goal with the with you know as be, you know being considered an indigenous artist is just to bring awareness to Newfoundland and Labrador of the diversity, of what indigenous culture is here, and I just want to learn and I want to learn from everybody and anybody that I can learn from. I want to go to Goose Bay, and I want to sit at the um, aboriginal family center and i want to learn from those kids and those families i want to hear their stories and then i want to tell them to everybody that's my goal and the same thing you know all across newfoundland if if i could my goal last year was to if the pandemic hadn't been in in full force i was yeah. going to travel across newfoundland labrador and stop into con river and again in saint george's and then go to goose bay and sheesh and black tickle and just learn as much as i could and perform for, for everybody there but of course the world had other plans, but that's my, I'll hopefully be able to do that next year. I want to learn and I want to get the word out there to Newfoundland Labrador that these people are, you know, they're here New, like indigenous people are just as important as anybody else. And I actually, I would say right now, it's so important in our, in our country, in our province to, to really shine such a positive light on, on those people. And we've got to start making a difference. We've got to start, you know, helping.
0: Yeah. To, to kind of close out the interview, I want to have a bit of a fun game called Around the World. Sure. Now, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just basically a pun because on your last name, East. We, we did the same thing with Paige where we said turning the page. So I'm like, man, how can we be creative <laughs> with this stuff? What is the farthest place East that you've ever been?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what's East. Where is East? to <laughs> be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Like, you mean East and Newfoundland or like the world? Like In the in the world or even in Newfoundland,
0: whichever one that you can think of.
1: I don't know. I haven't really been, I haven't been to that many places, really. My struggle is I'm really bad with geography. So I'm like, where is East? What's East? <laughs> that,
0: that, 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 that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's I mean, my what's, answer. I, I don't know. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the farthest place West that you think that you performed in Newfoundland uh, or Canada?
1: I would say uh, Calgary for sure calgary yeah i I haven't been i haven't really um done much performing outside of canada where would
0: be a place around the world that you would like to perform
1: oh my goodness i would love to perform in nashville that's um that's definitely up there i'd love to perform at the grand old opry on that stage one day i'd love to do oh what's the name of that theater in toronto i can't remember the name of it now anyway there's a theater in toronto i'd love to play at and Hmm. I think that's it really. Grand Ole Opry would be the, or like, you know, the Royal Albert in, in the yeah. UK, that'd be deadly. Yeah. They're, they're definitely, <laughs> they're the top three. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, if you could live anywhere else besides Newfoundland, I feel like I know where this answer is going. And if you guess the right one, <laughs> I'm just going to like put my hand up, but it's anywhere else <laughs> around the world that you could live besides Newfoundland, where would it be?
1: I don't think you're going to know this one. I would, um, You're probably thinking I'm going to say Nashville, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I'd like to live, honestly. I'm really like small town girl. I would like to live in in Pittsburgh, Rhode Island. I love Prince Edward Island. Really? Yeah, okay. right in a little. Yeah, I'd like to live right on the river.
0: I, I was going to say, if it was Newfoundland, you'd be like, I want to live in Brigus. I'd be like, I yeah. wouldn't have never
1: guessed that. <laughs> that's where <laughs> I'm from. Like, where? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where but, I'm from. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to
0: live where I'm from. I'd be like, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So if someone fair asks me, where do you want to live? I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, I grew up in the ghouls, so I like ghouls, but it's like, I like Ottawa too, but I think I always wanted to be in Toronto. But like living in Ottawa, I, I get it from the, the media standpoint, you want to be in Toronto. But there's a part of me that's like, why can't we make Ottawa a bit of a media hub? Like I like Ottawa. I it's like a big, small city still. You get the big city. I really like Ottawa. But it's 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 like a small city vibe where it's like yep. Toronto is like crazy with everything where Ottawa's like, We're over here, man. If you just want to get away for Not a weekend, over. we're
2: here. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I,
0: I'm, I'm okay with this.
1: <laughs> I loved Ottawa. I'm sorry. I love Toronto. I lived there for, I think it was like eight months, but I also hated it. I loved it because it was so busy and beautiful and there were all these cool things to do, but I yeah. hated it because it was busy and big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah. I would be the person to go to Tim Hortons and go, hi, can I get a, a large, yeah. uh, a large tea with two fresh milk? And they'd be like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Fresh yeah. milk? I'm like, yeah. Or call somebody love. No, that doesn't go over well in Toronto. Yeah.
0: No, don't worry, dear. Don't worry, love. And someone from yeah. outside of Newfoundland be like, How many loves do your father have? I'm like, <laughs> my mom, and that's it. But he's just being nice to that one on the phone. It's like, yeah. no, it's almost like to the point where it's like, No wonder Newfoundlanders are always flirting, blah, blah, blah. It's like, We're not <laughs> flirting. It being would be nice. nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. exactly. imagine like, you know,
0: I I never experienced it up away, but I would love it if there was like a, a much cooler, suave version of me up away that like you go and talk to every girl <laughs> yeah. and they're like this fella over here is a flirt. Oh, tell me why he's a flirt. Then they explain it to a Newfoundlander. And it's like, yeah. man, you guys, you just, you're just, you just eating that up. You just, <laughs> so he called you love. He yeah. called you darling. He called you dear. He was being nice. It's like, well, we think he's all hitting on us. It's like, no, he's yeah. not. He's over there no. playing hockey with his friends. He could care less now what you were doing.
2: <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Carolina East for coming on to the show. Remember... You can find past, present and future episodes on Tobintonight.com, Spotify and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying. Thank you for listening and good night. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.